Welcome to the Body Mechanic Podcast with Rob Arnold from Chrysalis Fitness Training. And um, we've talked about lots of things over the last few episodes, but uh, I thought what we'd do this week is talk about fitness training at home and some of the equipment you may already have at home and how you should best use it. So what's your view about training at home, Rob? Uh, well, training at home, I think uh, it's accessible for everyone, really. Whether you're using equipment or body weight, there's, there's always something you can do. And with the, with the cost of living at the minute, uh, having personal trainers or using gyms, is, it's not always that easy. So I think being at home, you can use any space. You can use a small space or, or if you need bigger spaces, there's ways you can adapt. And you can use your own body weight and use household yeah. goods and household equipment, basically. Yeah, sure. So you don't necessarily have to spend money on expensive gear. Many people have a treadmill. Now, if you've got a treadmill at home, is there a a right way to use it, a wrong way to use it? In your opinion, what's the most effective use of the treadmill? I think it depends on why you want to use the treadmill uh, instead of going out for a run. Now, it might be because... Uh, safety concerns you, you, or maybe you don't feel comfortable running out in public uh, and that's going to affect how you move as well uh, for me treadmills are a really good tool for doing drills on for running yeah, uh, please, please expand on that doing drills yeah so, so I, I, I teach um, barefoot running and there's certain drills that you can do and by using a treadmill set at certain speeds means that you can actually practice stuff. But for people uh, getting back out of injury, people doing rehab. So uh, I, I know people that have had um, knee replacements, hip replacements. Because the treadmill is flat, it's not going to be undulating in any way. And because you can you can uh, control that speed. And you've also got something to hold on to. For, for people just getting the movement back in their legs, it's fantastic. For, for home treadmills, I mean, there's a lot of different types you can get. You can get types that have inclines, types that don't. And it depends on the space you've got and where you can put it and what you want to achieve from it. If it is running and not uh, drills or, or rehab, then get on it and run. And I know you're a great advocate of barefoot running as well. Yes. Uh, and of course, on a treadmill, there's no glass or dog mess or any of the things that would be a hazard in the open air. Yeah, exactly. The, the beauty of a, a, a treadmill, and this is where they come into their own for, for training people to, to run barefoot, it's because you can film them on it and you can see how the feet are landing. But if, if you take your shoes off and run, it hurts. I mean, we, we spoke about um, running a few episodes ago. Whereas when you got on the treadmill, it's still going to hurt, but it's not going to hurt as much. And eventually your body will adapt and you'll get used to it. The one thing to be aware of is the belt, because the belt will start to warm up because of friction. But it, it's, it shouldn't it shouldn't heat up. It should be to, a hazardous yeah, heat. It, I mean, yeah, it shouldn't be blistering your feet. <laughs> okay. And so if you, if you have got a treadmill and you think, I'm going to try this barefoot thing, is it best to just start at a walking speed with no shoes on and then build up to, to the running speeds? Yeah, yeah. Don't don't jump straight in and start sprinting. Like yeah, you, a, yeah, you take your shoes off and just get on there. And just get used to how it feels because when you haven't got anything under your feet, it's going to feel a lot different anyway. Um, so I think we said in a few episodes ago, your feet, are only second in the body for for the amount of nerve endings to your hands. And because 
a lot of people wear shoes all the time. They're really sensitive just because the feet aren't used to it. So when you first get on there, just get used to it. Just see how it feels. Get your body aware of, of the sensation. Just to, to tell listeners, since I've been working with Rob on these podcasts, I'm now someone who walks around pretty much all the time, certainly at home and in the garden without any shoes or socks on at all. And that's not something I ever used to do. I used to be very paranoid. Oh, I've got to have shoes on. And now I find it quite weird to wear shoes a lot of the time. Um, obviously not out and about, but certainly around the house, I don't even think about it. Not even slippers. And uh, I feel a lot better for it, actually, I must yeah, say. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and, you know, especially Rob suggested that I go out, you know, when I'm out on the grass in the garden and uh, just walk around. He said, it helps you earth yourself. And I, I love the feeling of the grass on my feet now. It's a really pleasant, like you say, a lot of nerve, nerve endings in your feet and it really feels great. Yeah. I mean, um, if you are going to go out in your garden and you've got stones and that and you go barefoot, the first time you do it, it'll be really uncomfortable. But as I said, you, your body starts to get used to things and it gets used to how it feels and your brain will start to realise that that's not an issue and it's not going to cause you damage. And you'll still be able to feel the things, but the sensation will change from, from one of pain and discomfort to something that's more comfortable to, to tolerate, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I do get it. And, I, and it never ceases to amaze me how the human body can get used to stuff very, very quickly. And your brain just is very malleable. I mean, we've talked about yeah. this before, you know, and how, how it can get used to stuff. Okay, so that's treadmills. The other piece of equipment that most people seem to have at home, uh, including me, I'd like to point out, is, is an exercise bike, a static bike. Uh, what's your feelings about them? And, and what, again, is possibly the best way to use them if you're going to use them? Um, again, it, it depends on what you're trying to achieve and, and your level of, of ability. So you might not be able to ride a, a bike proper. You might not have you a see, bike. see, I'm in that situation. Yeah. I'm, I'm rubbish on a bike. So which is why I have a static bike, to be honest. When you go out on a bike, it's good because you're challenging your core and your balance systems when you're on a static bike you're not challenging those if you haven't got that opportunity or there's something uh some dysfunction somewhere which affects your ability to do that then a static bike is it's, it's a great way of getting the movement and exercise and, and it, it's great for your heart and lungs so it's, it's a good cardio workout yeah uh, what i would say is when you're on when you're on a bike you're working the, the lower body when you run uh, it, it's a it's classed as a weight bearing exercise. Now, weight bearing exercise helps to uh, increase bone density and make your bones stronger. So, if you think about being on a bike, you're going to increase the bone density in your lower lower body. But think about the spine. So, you might want to mix that with some resistance exercise, and we'll, we'll talk about different types of resistance exercise throughout the podcast. So, I'd, I'd I'd put other things in there as well as just doing a bike. Again, the reason I like to use the bike is because I've got knee issues from sport from years ago. And I find that the, the doing work on the bike really helps with that. Um, and I assume that's building up tissue around the knees and, and the fluid that flows through the knees. Yeah. So for, again, we said about um, people with knee replacements or knee issues or hip replacements. So any, anyone that's got like a, a problem with, with a lower limb joint, the thing about being on a bike is it's low impact. Whereas when you are running, there, there is an impact. It's unavoidable. Even with walking, you can still get some kind of impact if you're stepping off a, a curb or something. But with, with the bike, because it's zero impact, you get the mobility in that, in that joint, you get the movement, and you're going to strengthen the muscles around that joint as well without uh, degrading whatever issues are there anyway. Walking is something 
I would really like to talk about in a future episode. Uh, Rob is uh, the, you're 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 a great believer in the Nordic walking, aren't you? With the with the Nordic walking uh, poles, yeah, and Nord- stuff. Nordic walking, yeah, yeah. We won't we won't go into that now because I'd like to do that as a whole episode at some point in the future. Because again, for me, buying those was a revelation <laughs> and has yeah. really changed how much I can walk and what I can do. Right. So we, we talked about the. the the bike and the running machine. The other thing that a lot of people have, including me, is dumbbells of various weights. And it's not necessarily about the weight, is it? <laughs> Again, it depends what you want to achieve. So there's different ways of training to achieve uh, different outcomes. So if it's just maintaining a general strength or like what we call uh, activities of daily life, you don't need a heavy weight. You just do like a lot of reps. If you want to build muscle, then it, it depends on your rep range. So by rep, I mean repetitions, how many reps of a, a, an exercise you're going to do. Uh, and then if, if you want to build strength, it's even less. So you, depending on what you want to achieve, depends on the weight of the dumbbell that you're going to use. So if you're working on strength, it's heavier. If you're looking at muscle building, it's a bit lighter than that. And if it's just general strength endurance kind of thing, then you can go lighter. And it also depends on the exercises that you're going to do as well. There's, there's ways, we will talk about kettlebells in a bit, but there's ways you can transform how a dumbbell works as well. So if you get um, a towel and you can wrap it around the handle and then hold the towel, that changes the dynamic of how the weight acts on your body because there's more instability because it can swing freely. You've got to grip differently because you're gripping onto the towel. And, and wherever you move uh, the arm, the, the weight is always going to be below your hand. There's someone I used to know who who was very into their, their fitness and he said often also it's about the speed that you do the exercise. So if you if you use dumbbells and you but you use them very slowly, it's a slightly different way of, of yeah. using them. Yeah, it's uh, it's called time under tension. When you work a muscle, it tenses up. The slower you do it, then obviously the more control that takes as well and the more strength it's going to take. So we take away dumbbells, any exercise We've been talking about neurology over the last few episodes and about going slow and how moving slowly makes that connection stronger. It's the same with any exercise or any any movement. But for instance, if you put your hand up towards your shoulder and slowly press it up into the into the sky above your head over like 20 seconds, you'll feel the difference in how that feels as if you were to do it fast. Because your shoulder is supporting your arm for that much longer. Yes. So it's using up, using the muscle for that much longer, even though there's no actual weight resistance there. Yeah. So when you work a muscle with weight and do exercise, especially for trying to build muscle, it's called it's called um, hypertrophy. So the muscle will tear and then when it rebuilds itself, it rebuilds itself stronger. And that, that's why you get bigger muscles because you get more tears repairing themselves and more muscle fibers will come in. And it's the, it's the same principle. So uh, you could do less reps, but have the reps take longer. So the, the next thing is TRX. Please explain to me what TRX is. So TRX is a brand name for a thing called the suspension trainer. It was designed by um, Navy SEALs. So they could do exercise on when they're on ship uh, and do multiple exercises and multifunctional exercises. And... It's it's what I would call a great bit of kit. It's really simple. You hook it up to a tree or over a door and it, it all works on your body weight. And it depends on the, uh, where you are in relation to the anchor point on how difficult the 
exercises. So say if, for instance, you were doing a, a kind of a rowing exercise, the further away from the anchor point you are, you're going to be more upright. So when you pull yourself in, the, the actual weight you're lifting isn't that much. Whereas if you move your feet further in towards the anchor point, then you've got a, a lot more lever. So the angle becomes more acute with the yeah, floor, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just using physics to your advantage. But the beauty of them are is because you dictate where your feet go, you can dictate how, how difficult the exercise is. So for, for traditional exercise programs, say, if you were getting to the end of a, of a workout and you've just got one weight... So when we look, we mentioned dumbbells. Exercise kit isn't cheap in some places. So you might only have like one or two dumbbells. So that's what you're stuck with. And if the weight you've got is too too light or too heavy, that can affect how you do the exercise and also the outcome. Whereas with the TRX or, or any suspension trainer, you can change that up. And because it's so dynamic, it works on balance. You can get cardio exercises in there. You can get strength exercise in there, core exercise. You can use it for stretching. It's it's such a versatile piece of kit. It's like webbing straps. So they're not stretchy? No. Oh, right. Okay. I, I, I imagine them to be stretching things. No, no. So it, it's got, they'll have um, an adjustable loop on, uh, mm -hmm. like like a belt. Or, or think about um, straps on a, on a rucksack. Right, okay, yeah. So you can move the strap up and down, so you can lengthen it and shorten it. And depending on, on which angle you've got it at, you can do different things. Okay, and, and these are available from, you know, the, the, the fitness centres and the fitness shops? Yeah, Amazon. And there's, uh, there's certain shops which do their own, which uh, are probably cheaper than TRX. Yeah. So that's quite, so that's something you can do, you know, as you say, using a door or a tree or whatever in the garden yeah. or in the house. So that's another thing where you don't have to go to a gym to do that. Okay, then we've mentioned kettlebells a number of times. Uh, you're a big fan of kettlebells, aren't you? I am. Because, again, there's, there's so many exercises you can do with them uh, that can move your body in different ranges of movement. And also, while you're moving in those different ranges of movement, it's still loaded with the weight. Uh, we said about using the dumbbells with a, a towel wrap round because of the way a kettlebell works. For those that don't know what a kettlebell is, it's uh, it's like a cannonball with a, a fixed handle on the top. So you'll hold the handle and the kettlebell will sit down on your arm. I'm trying to demonstrate this while, while I'm talking into a microphone. <laughs> As usual with this podcast, yeah. Rob's now showing me what it looks like, but we forget that you can't see this. Yeah, so, um, but again, there's so many different exercises and it's all developed around movement. I, I personally, I, I've got a um, bit of a dodgy shoulder and it, that's all from when I was a kid and I jumped off a swing and I moved my collarbone. Collarbone is the last bone in your body to fuse. And that, that happens when you're around about 25. And when I was a teenager, I jumped off a swing, tried to do a commando roll, and I managed to move it. And uh, it still pokes out now. And because it, my collarbone's forward, it pulls my shoulder forward. And that affects alignment there. So I, I use uh, kettlebells because they're really good at uh, working movement around the shoulder as well. But there's, there's so many different exercises you can do with them. It's basically the same as a TRX or a suspension trainer. It's a whole body workout. So it's about flexibility as well as any kind of strength or, or fitness. Yeah. So if you think about flexibility, as we, we state it as strength at an end range of movement. Okay. So muscles work in opposites. So when one muscle works, 
the opposite one relaxes. So if you think about your bicep and your tricep, I think most people know what biceps and triceps are. Yeah. So when you bend your arm and your bicep uh, contracts, then your tricep is relaxed. When you extend your arm and you work in your tricep, your biceps relax. So because you've got those opposites working, when you think about flexibility, when you're stretching a muscle, the, o- the other muscle, the opposite muscle is working. So that's where we get the strength at end range of movement. For stretching out your, your bicep, for instance, you're thinking how strong your tricep is at full extension. I've always thought of exercise as that sort of thing anyway. And it's the reason why people have a regime where they try and do a full body workout using various things. Because obviously if you, if you just did arm curls, all you get is great big biceps and the yeah. rest of it would just, it look, you'd look a bit daft basically. Yeah. And, and that's, so the, the, the TRX and, and the kettlebells, that's where you can use them to strengthen that end range. So, so instead of doing a flexibility training program, really it's, it's kind of micro strength training. Is it about your core as well? Because you've got to have, with the, with the kettlebells, because you're swinging more. Yes. It's about keeping your balance. And of course that helps with your core muscles as well. Yeah. Uh, same with the TRX. That's all about core so in in every exercise even a bicep curl you should be squeezing your core your, your core should be working as well because that's that stabilizes everything if you've been to a gym you might have seen guys in there what we call ego lifting and they've got dumbbell in the hand that's far too heavy for them and they're doing a, a bicep curl and they're not just bending their arm they're swinging their hips and their arm to get the weight up so that's not the exercise they're trying to do Enough ego lifters. <laughs> They're great for entertainment. But yeah, so by using these these other tools we've got, so like the TRX, the, the kettlebells, and working on full body movements with a weight that you can manage. And the thing about kettlebells is they're unforgiving. If it's too heavy for you, it'll let you know it's too heavy for you uh, because you won't have the stability to, to, to move it around. By using those and embracing your core, strength, using those to strengthen your core while you do other exercises, and concentrating on the actual move you want to do instead of swinging about your body all over like you're in some kind of modern dance, you're going to get much better results quicker. Something else that people often have at home, I think we've got some kicking around here somewhere, uh, are these these rubber bands that people use, like the Pilates type yeah. bands. What's your feeling about those? And can they be useful in a home training situation? They can be good to be used just on their own. They can be used to enable stretching again. So we said about strength at end range of movement. Uh, it might be that you might not have the strength to stretch that a little bit more. Whereas you can use the band as a as an addition to your own muscle, if that makes sense. So uh, it'll push you that little bit further on yeah. the stretch. Say so if you're trying to stretch out your chest a little bit, if you've got a band tied to something and you're hanging onto it, if you stretch out your chest and you've got the band and you get a bit of tension on it, the band is naturally going to pull your arm back a little bit further. So that's going to give you a little bit more stretch through your chest so you can increase that range of movement. And over a period of time, that'll help you increase your range of movement without the band. Yes. But again, it it depends on your ability as well. So the bands are a good way for working on strength training and rehab. When you stretch a band, obviously it it gets more difficult to move it towards the end of it's elasticity so you get an increase in um, resistance as you use it but you can also use that with other kits so you can have that round kettlebells or dumbbells so if you've got something that is too light you can use that to add a little bit more resistance to the kit you've got 
We're talking specifically about kit and, and things that you might have around your house, any which, which you bought and are using as a clothes horse or uh, just gathering dust in the garage or whatever. Just to try and explain that this stuff is useful and can be used in, in quite a basic way. Of course, a lot of this is about form and having the correct form when you're using this this equipment. How useful are things like YouTube in that context? As, so, as, as an online teacher. <laughs> yeah, with YouTube and, and Instagram. The one thing you've got to be aware of is the Instagram experts because not everyone is, is an expert. There's some people that study and some people some people just work out, think, I like working out, I'm going to do some videos of me working out. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're the right person to teach you. One of the things I've noticed, certainly with Instagram, is that you know, you'll get someone come on there and go, you know, you could look like this in, you know, 28 days or whatever like that. You know, this is what I used to look like. I'm, I'm always very, very sceptical of those people. And uh, often they're trying to get you to sign up to something as well. I think that's that's one of the problems. So with YouTube, the best things to do is to search for what you want to do. But you're looking for channels, not like my channel or, or proper professional channels. And you'll be able to tell what they are because they'll explain stuff and they'll point stuff and they'll, they'll explain things in, in a better way. Uh, so things like physios or um, if you've heard of KT tape so it's like kinesio taping so just channels like that uh, look for channels that have got quite a few videos that aren't just exercise so it's about fitness not just exercise fitness but um, you know how to look after your body basically yeah because for the exercises those are going to be the best people to coach you from a video because they'll be explaining it not for likes but because they, they want to get business, but also if they give you bad information, it's bad for their business. I totally get that. It's about reputation for them, a lot of it as well, in the, in the way they do stuff. Yeah. So, and, and these people will, will hopefully explain to you the correct form to you, because I've always been told form is really, really yeah. important in these yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is about these kinds of people, that are, it's their job, they, they are professionals. They tend to care more as well about what the information they're giving you, and they'll give you better information instead of just, do these three exercises to burn fat fast. They'll say, do this, and they'll explain. So for for instance, you can do bodyweight exercise at home, and you can do all the bodyweight exercise you want. You don't need kit, but there's certain things. So if you think about a press-up, for instance, when you get someone that does it professionally, they'll they'll explain how to, how to control your arms and, and what happens. So if you think about a press-up, if you... Bring your arms out, to the, your elbows out to the side, and you see lots of videos of people doing press ups where their elbows come out to the side. What that does is that causes friction in the shoulder, so you're not protecting your shoulder that way. So how you do do a press up is down down your sides and on your back, you've got the lats. They're a pulling excess. They're a pulling muscle. Think of a press up as pulling yourself to the ground. So what you do is you engage those muscles, and your elbows stay in and you'll lower yourself, you'll pull yourself to the ground and then push yourself back up by keeping your elbows in. In that way, what happens is it allows the shoulder to move in the socket a lot more freely and without causing inflammation. So basically your elbows should be literally at the side of your body. So I, I don't want to be flapping around as if I'm a, I'm a chicken. No. I want to have it have my elbows almost touching the side of my body. Yeah, so uh, you've got your hands either side of your shoulders. You've just got to keep your elbows in. It's a lot easier to show people than yeah, explain yeah. it over a podcast. But that's what I was getting at. So the people that you want to be looking at, people that will be explaining these kind of things in the video to you. 
so if you're basically someone's showing you the, the correct form for a press up, you want people who are who are not flaying their arms out like yeah. ch- like a chicken, like I said. Yeah, and, and any exercise if they're saying do this and do it this way because if you don't this, then that's the kind of person you want to look at. Anything that's going to protect you and they're explaining it, watch that person, not the person who's saying do this as many times as you can. Obviously, we you know, we've been through the bits of equipment that usually are are around people's houses. Uh, any other stuff that you can think of which is relatively cheap, easy to get hold of and easy to use at home? The stairs. Okay. So the, the stairs, unless you live in a bungalow, even, even a block of flats will have stairs. Every time you go up the stairs, you're doing a one-legged squat. Every time you come down the stairs, you're doing a controlled one-legged squat. But again, there's lots of other things you can use the stairs for. And it comes down to bodyweight exercise. By using stairs, I mean, you've got your garden. I know you said you go out barefoot now, but just getting out in the garden and, and getting on the grass and just moving it in different ways. See how, see how things feel. So using crawling patterns. So just get on the floor, have a crawl. That, that's interesting. Before we go, talking of body weight, there are a lot of ways that you can use your own body to help strengthen other parts of your body, aren't there? Yes. I know, You again, it's about form and stuff like that, but um, for my knees, I often just do literally up like a sitting motion almost to help with that. What I see quite a lot with people when they're doing squats is they're doing squats with poor form and it, it's not too good for these. They haven't got the right mechanical movement, but you can see them go and sit in a chair. They can do that fine. Sitting in a chair is a squat. So again, using your sofa or your armchair, if you shuffle your feet forward and just sit back into it, just so your bum touches it and stand up, then you're performing a squat with good form. Yeah, I was going to say, your form is going to be much better yeah. than just doing it freestyle, if yeah. you know what I mean. If you don't have the strength, I mean, I work with people from all ages. I'm working with a lady who's 91 at the minute. So if you haven't got the strength or the balance, then just sit down and stand up. As long as you sit down with control, you're still performing a squat. So there is a lot of stuff you have lying around your house, household stuff as well, to be honest. Don't hurt yourself. Don't go over the top. But there, there are many, many ways of keeping fit and helping with your fitness at home using stuff, as I said, that you probably bought and are now using as a clothes horse. But really, if you start using it properly, it can be a great advantage. Yeah, I would like to add exercise shouldn't hurt. So what happens when people say no pain, no gain? What's that all about? That was... Um coined in the 70s i think as a, as a advertising slogan so it doesn't actually mean anything at all no so when you exercise you're going to tear muscle so there will be some discomfort but there's a difference between discomfort and pain you'll see people in the gym they'll do a session oh i can't walk and not be able to walk downstairs that means you've done too much if if you're in pain then you've done too much well i've been told that the reason why you feel pain is because your body's telling you to stop doing something yeah you're doing damage yeah you should never move into pain everything i do is about nervous system and if your nervous system is saying something hurts then it's going to affect your nervous system so it's going to try and protect you even more which is going to limit your ability to do other things doing more stuff in your everyday life is going to help you with your fitness and your agility and your well-being. Yeah, yeah. And just remember, there's a difference between discomfort and pain. Now, if people want to know more about about this and uh, would like to get some advice from you, what's the best way to get in contact? They can send me WhatsApp messages on uh, 07824 Say that number again so they can get a pen and paper. 07824 880311. Okay. And if they need to email you? So it's rob at 
chrysalis-fitness.com and it's chrysalis spelled C-H-R-Y-S-A-L-I-S. Okay, we actually have the Chrysalis Fitness logo on the picture for the podcast. So have a look on that and it'll also be in the in the details. And then you've got a website as well. I do, it's www.chrysalis-fitness.com and there's also Instagram and Facebook, which I do go on now and again. You can find me through there. Uh, Facebook, it's chrysalis.fitness.training. Okay, cool. So you're, you've got, there's plenty of stuff out there. Rob's very easy to get hold of and talk to about this. He's really happy to talk to people because uh, he's he's quite um, enthusiastic about what he does. It, it's a completely different way of looking at fitness and, and health. It's a mind, body and spirit approach, I always think, yeah. uh, with the way, the way you do stuff. So uh, that's fantastic. We will be back in a couple of weeks. So in two weeks time, we're going to talk about sound and vision. So it's how sound affects your... Your nervous system and how the vision or the different types of light spectrum will affect your body and, and how you can use it to help you or hinder you. And we're going to try and do some YouTube videos to go with the podcast as well. So uh, keep your eye out for that. We'll tell you more about it in the next episode anyway. Thank you very much for your time, Rob. It's been great to talk to you. You're welcome. Cheers. And uh, as I said, Chrysalis, Chrysalis Fitness Training, if you Google it, you'll find it as well. Uh, and his name's Rob Arnold. So uh, we'll see you all in two weeks' time. This is Mark Wakely saying thank you very much for listening. This is a 1386 audio production.